this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So welcome everyone. Uh, we're so glad that you can be with us online today. And uh, in the summer, I spoke to you out of the series that we were doing, Big Bold Questions. I asked the question, what in the heck are we doing here on planet Earth? And so today, what I want to do is I want to continue on with that. But don't worry if you haven't seen it. We're going to be looking at reimagining what the future looks like. Because whether we know it or not, the future has everything to do with how we live today. So Joel has been speaking with us recently about um, the Lord's Prayer. And particularly that Jesus taught us to pray certain things. And so I'm going I'm to focus on Matthew 6, 9 and 10 which is the part of the prayer that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So kingdom come on earth as it is in, in heaven. So I wanna ask us a couple questions before we literally go from Genesis to Revelation in the next 20 minutes or so. But the questions I wanted to ask are, have you ever asked yourself the question, what am I to do with my life? Or, Am I making an impact or am I in any way making a difference in the world that I'm living in? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to do it throughout scripture. So hopefully we'll tie it in at the end. Okay, so get ready. Here we go. Let's go back to the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis to the garden. So heaven and earth. So focusing on heaven and earth. Genesis chapter one and two, obviously, is the very beginning. And heaven and earth were together at this point, and that is what we called the Garden of Eden. And it was there that the presence of the Lord was. It was there that the presence was with all of creation. So he created the sky, he created the moon, he created the stars, he created everything that we see today and that we see in our world today. He also created us. And he was present with us. The Lord was present with us in this garden. And so in some ways, it was like a temple, okay? So we're going to use the temple analogy all throughout the story of God today, which is also our story. So it's not just his story, but it's our story. Okay, so here we are in the garden. Everything's perfect. We are communing with him. He loves us. We're talking with him. We're hanging out with the animals. And he has a specific thing for us to do. Okay, and what does he want us to do? He wants us to create with him. He wants us to partner with him. He wants us to, to live with him and to breathe with him. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to hang out. Okay, so, but then, of course, we had our own idea. So the perfect garden then becomes where we decide, let's just do our own thing. And unfortunately, we ate from the tree that we are forbidden to eat from and sin comes into the world. So we are now separated from God. So heaven and earth become separate, okay? So you can imagine God and all of what, who God is. So there's abundance, there's, there is order, there's beauty. So you can imagine this garden, right? We don't know about this garden because we weren't there, but you can just imagine it. Then we mess up. And then you can imagine what happens after that. And for the, the next few thousand years, as we go through scripture, we'll see what happens after that, where the world becomes a lot more chaotic. It becomes kind of ugly. It becomes uh, scarcity. It's not abundant anymore. 
Okay, so picture this. Temple garden, we mess up, and heaven and earth become quite separate, okay? Okay, let's move on in the story. So we're going past Genesis, we're into Exodus, and in Exodus and in probably the rest of the historical books where we start looking at the tabernacle and the temple, okay? So again, we're talking about temples today. So the tabernacle was where Moses, where they were cruising around in the desert, the Israelites, so the, the actual Israel, the people of Israel were, were in the desert, and they were very a nomadic tribe back then. So what was happening was they would move from place to place. So they would set up this massive tabernacle, which was a big tent, basically. And in that, they would, this was the only place that now God's presence, they could meet with God because, because of sin and separation. So, and then if we continue on in the story, obviously Solomon created the big temple, which is actually a static temple, you know, like building, beautiful. And in this, in the tabernacle and in the temple is interesting. They, you know, would use flowers and there'd be lots of plants and trees and it was a beautiful place to come. And of course, the only place that the presence of the Lord would dwell was in what was called the Holy of Holies, Okay. So Holy of Holies is the place now, instead of the garden where we could dwell with God all the time, like hang out with him, now it has to happen within this temple uh, where we would come and meet with him. Okay, so, so you're tracking with the story. So then, then, the thing is, because we were separated from God, the only way that the people could get their sins forgiven or forgiveness in their life was through animal sacrifice. Okay, so you can imagine the animals sacrificed. They bring one into the temple. The priest actually cuts off the head, and there's a sacrifice made for the remission of sins. Remission meaning we are now forgiven. God loves us. And he, he is so wanting to be with us. I want you to see this in part of the story, that this is always his plan, that he can be present to us. So animal sacrifices were a huge, huge thing. Okay, so we've talked about the temple in the garden now we've talked about the tabernacle and the temple in the wilderness and, you know, in the promised land. And now we're going to skip towards the story of Jesus, okay? So I want you to skip forward a couple thousand years, and we're now at the place where Jesus becomes. So God sends his son, and Jesus now is born. And we know the story. He's born in Nazareth. And... This is where, this is so important, because he becomes flesh. Okay, so it says in John 1, 14, and I'm going to read it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Okay, so this word dwelling is super key. Okay, so back in the garden, God is dwelling with us. Okay, man and woman in the garden dwelling with God. Okay, and now Jesus comes. And he makes his dwelling among us. But the word dwelling actually means tabernacle, okay? So Jesus actually becomes the temple and the tabernacle. So literally, in the person of Jesus, heaven comes to earth, okay? So remember, this is, we're following the story of God through. So he comes to earth, and he walks among us. And what does he do? He starts bringing heaven to earth. And how does he do that? So, of course, we see him at the beginning of his life. Well, he's a little kid. He's learning. He's growing. He's going to school. 
you know, he's learning some scripture, he's doing lots of different things that Jewish boys would do. And then what does he do? He begins to work with wood. You know, he's got a job. He's hanging out with the people in the community. You know, he's just a normal guy. And <clears throat> then he begins to walk around the neighborhood, walk around the community. And what does he do? What does he do? He begins to, whether it be heal people, he begins to encourage people, he prays for people, whatever is needed, that's what he does. And so there's these little pockets of heaven that he is now bringing into this chaotic, ugly, and scarce world. Okay, so he is literally beginning to bring heaven and earth back together again, as it once was at the beginning of the story. So I love talking about Jesus. So of course, when we, if we skip through, he actually, because of what he's doing, they're not very happy with him. So he ends up, they kill him. They're very angry. They kill him. He dies. And uh, I love this scripture that John, a portion of John, it's John 1, and I'll read it again. It says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, so let's revisit, remember, the tabernacle and the temple in this crazy wilderness that's just scarce and yuck and yuck, ugly. And remember, an animal had to be sacrificed, right? Uh, blood had to be shed for people to be forgiven. So now here we are, Jesus, who comes as the temple, bringing heaven to earth, now dies Okay, he dies, and his blood has to be shed for us, for you, for me, so that we are forgiven. So why is this? So that we can be completely restored back to being able to be present with God, having a relationship with him, being able to talk to him, hang out, commune with him, whatever word you want to use. So I love this because <laughs> this is really the key of the whole thing. He becomes the temple sacrifice. I know, I'm going to pause there for a moment. Okay, so if we skip forward a little bit more in the story, we get to Revelation. And this is where we see, in Revelation 21, I'll read it more in a minute, but this is where we see the culmination of the story, where Jesus will one day return again, and heaven and earth literally come back together once again. Okay, in the fullness of what it was, like in the garden. But it'll no longer be a garden when we get... To to the end of time, it'll be a city. Okay, so let's pause there. So if we are to understand the future at all, we have to look at resurrection, okay? So Jesus is killed on the cross. You know, true story, been documented. He's killed, he is bleeding, he dies, and he rises again on the third day, which happens to be a Sunday. Okay, and I love this part of the story. So on the Sunday, what happens is new creation begins. New creation begins. So all of this kind of, we could use the word crap for thousands of years that we went through, Jesus now has provided a way for new creation to begin. And I love this. So he is, he's risen from the dead on the third day. And in, in 1 Corinthians, it's, it's a brilliant because I love how Paul talks about him and says he is the first fruit. So basically the first fruit of those who have died. Those who have died and have gone before us, he is the first fruit where he is risen, fully risen, okay? 
So his body is, is a new body, but not a new body. So let me explain that. So he still has the scars. Do you remember when, I don't know if you know the story, but when he was resurrected from the dead, so he wasn't reincarnated, he was fully resurrected, but he still had the scars because Thomas would put his hands in, in Jesus's scars because he didn't believe that it was him that was alive. And this is part of our story, okay? So when you and I die, eventually, thank, thankfully it's not today, hopefully, um, but we will be fully resurrected as Jesus was, okay? So let's pause there for a moment. Okay, now I want to skip back to Revelation just for a minute. And I'm going to read us Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Okay, so <clears throat> here we go. Just imagine this in your mind's eye. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God is a dwelling place now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be death or mourning or crying or pain, for the, Lord, for the old order of things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Okay, so now, I don't want to get too technical, but this is very important. So the whole reason why we really need to re-imagine uh, the future is because of this. I grew up with a theology <laughs> as a young kid uh, that was called a, a basically evacuation theology. So in some ways, we were told that, you know, evacuation, uh, we just need to get the heck out of here. Everybody just needs to get to heaven. It doesn't matter about earth. It's all going to burn up. You know, we just need to get out of here. Nothing matters. Who cares about school? Who cares about this? You know, Jesus is going to come back, and we're just going to be raptured out of here, right? Well, the problem with this, and not only that, but everyone needs to be a pastor or a missionary if you're going to do something for God right? So this is kind of what I grew up with. But what I'm wanting to say with this particular story is that if we look at the new heavens and the new earth, if we look at the future as the world's just going to burn up, like everything is just going to go to hell and flames and whatever, and, and who cares about anything? If that's our view, then it has everything to do with how we're going to live today, okay? So the words in Greek now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I do know that the words in Greek are the new heavens and the new earth are not actually brand spanking new. So that word in Greek is neo, N-E-O. No, they're not neo at all. The, words in, the word in Greek is, is kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S. And what that means is that the, the new earth will be new in, in essence, It'll be new, basically it'll be new in quality. 
So, and just as Jesus's body, so when he was resurrected, wasn't brand spanking new. It wasn't like reincarnation or something completely different. It was still, he still had the scars, okay? So why is this important? Like, what does this have to do with the questions we were asking at the beginning? I think it has everything to do with it because if we think, who cares about this world? Who cares what I do? Uh, what I do doesn't matter. The world's just gonna burn up anyways. Uh, and many of us think that. Or just whatever, whatever happens, happens, kind of inshallah, you know, which is <laughs> a lot of, um, you know, different thinking that, that um, different religions believe around the world. But what I'm trying to say is that what we learned the last time is that God is a God who is the God of justice, who cares about every area of life. He, not everything is going to burn up. So what's going to happen is the new heavens and the new earth, literally heaven will come down to earth and we will continue on because new creation has already begun. So it's not like we start a new story when we go to heaven, but we literally continue on. So that's why things like business matter. That's why it matters, you know, that we are just to people. That's why it matters that kids go to school and can be all who they can be because this is who God is. He is the God of goodness. He's the God of justice. He's the God, you know, and we talked about this the last time. He is the God who is the great scientist. So yeah, vaccines do matter. <laughs> so I just thought I'd add that in. Okay, so anyways, so why the heck are we hashtag for Paris? I'm just tying it in. This is important because if the world is just going to burn up, like who cares what we do? Um, but if it's not, okay, so we become literally, because we're in Jesus, we become the temple. Okay, so temple, temple, temple. Old Testament temple. Jesus is the temple. Now that we are known by Christ and we are in Christ, we become the temple. And we are literally his hands and feet every single day. This is what we do. So it matters uh, what we do in Paris. It matters how we are with our families. It matters how we live our lives because every area matters to him. <clears throat> so let's bring our questions back. What am I to do with my life and how can I make a difference in this world? Well, the only one that can tell us how to make a difference and the only one that can actually define what making a difference looks like is, is Jesus, is him. Um, and so when we are living for him, with him, as we each and every day of our lives, we live with him. Um, and thankfully, Holy Spirit helps us to know what to do each and every day. Why do we do a food drive? Because God is the God of goodness and he cares that every person is able to eat every day. This is who he is. And so why do we do whatever it is we do, a community dinner? Or why is it that we do other things? It's because <laughs> we're not all trying to escape and just get out of here and, and go to heaven. But we're trying to go, okay, God, how do I, how, do, how does Leah, how does any other person that knows Jesus bring heaven to earth through how I live each day? So, and it could look different because we all have different callings which is a totally different message about calling and vocation, but maybe we'll get to that one day. But we all have Jesus, and so, and we all have Holy Spirit with us, and so this is a daily thing of how do, how do I bring heaven to earth uh, where I am today? What does heaven coming to earth look like in the grocery store, or 
downtown Paris or whoever I'm talking to. Or, um, and so, of course, our example is how Jesus lived, how he lived. So my prayer for us today is that our hearts would literally be awakened because if you, if you can consider this, this is presence. It's all about presence. So he was present with us in Eden. He was, he was longing to be with us in the temple and the tabernacle, meaning the people of God. Through Jesus, he, again, he was present, present to the people around him, present to his disciples, present to his friends, his family, the presence. And so as we go into the future, he will be completely present to us forever and ever and ever. And I love this because heaven and earth will fully come together once again, fully come together in, in everything and in, in every way. So there will be no more sickness because I'm kind of getting sick of my body aches and pains, but there will be no more sickness and disease. Why? Because heaven will completely come to earth and this will be where we live. So we don't go back to a, a garden, we go to a city. So isn't that a brilliant place to live for the rest of our lives, like forever and ever and ever and ever. And so if you don't know Jesus, this might be a great opportunity for you to get to know him because he is so consistent. And if you are really scared of reading the Bible, I just want to say there are so many people that just get, oh, I don't like the Old Testament. I don't know it. I don't understand it. And, but, but read it through as a story, as your story, as our story, as God's story. Um, because we are part of his story. And he hasn't come, he's come once, but he hasn't come, in, he hasn't come the second time. And so when you brush your teeth this week, or when you are in your car, or maybe you're doing dishes, I just want to, to say, be mindful of his presence with you, because he is ever with you. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't leave us. He is with you, and he, he is longing to be with us more and more and more and more. So focus on the future in the sense that we are meant to be here on planet Earth, and whatever we do is not all going to burn up. So whatever you do each and every day really does matter. I can imagine that we will be reading the same books that we've written. I can imagine that there's some movies that we'll be watching that we have created. I can imagine that there's so many things that we will be doing in fullness of new creation for eternity that will just be a continuation of how we live today. So go, go and, and partner with God in everything that you're doing each and every day. All right, I just want to pray for us. <clears throat> so Lord, may we be so aware of your presence with us. I thank you that um, that you speak to us in so many different ways. And may our hearts be just awakened to the fact that, that you really long to be with us. Um, and I know that one day we will get to live with you forever, but we're already living with you. And so I just pray for my friends that each and every day they'd be so aware that what they're doing can be, bring little pockets of heaven to earth. Um, as we partner with you, Jesus, and as we listen to you, Holy Spirit. And so uh, just bless them as they go on their way, whatever they're doing for the rest of the day or night. Or, and uh, we just uh, we pray for the fullness of what you have for each of us, that we would really truly know what it is that we're to do here on planet Earth. And 
Lord, thank you that you're the one that defines what is good. So we give you today in Jesus' name. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.